0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and this is Friday night. Are you ready for your weekend? I don't know what you're going to do, but be sure to go to church. Hey, this week we've been talking about pastoral ministry. Your pastor is going to be looking for you this weekend So be sure to be there because he has prepared a wonderful word to feed your heart. It's going to be good. But tonight, look, Denise, I've got my sticks one more time. That's what they called them here in the studio. Did you get your sticks? Well, these are staffs. These are pastoral staffs and they are real. So I'm going to show them one last time this week. Here's this one. Is that just beautiful?
1: It's beautiful. I mean, it's
0: just beautiful. This was made for me, personally for me. Look, it's got my initials. It says RR. And look in the top of it. Can you see that? It's got the head of a bear because it represents Russia. I love that. And then it has a part of Psalm 91 all the way down it because I've declared these verses over our life and our ministry and our kids and people who follow us for all these years as Russian serpentine stone embedded in it it is just such a precious gift that somebody would do that. This is a shepherd's staff for me. Then we've got this one, which is just cool. And it is from the Southern Caucasus in the former Soviet Union. This is from the country of Georgia, right from the hand of a shepherd. This is the real deal. And then we have this one, which looks like it's just broken off the branch of a tree. It probably was. But hey, we didn't do this. This is from the hands of a shepherd right from the flock. And this is pretty primitive, but it's a real shepherd's staff. One end is used, this hook, to grab the sheep when they're in trouble, to get them out of trouble, to get them back in line. The other end is used as a rod to get the sheep in line and correct them if they need to be corrected. And that is what David refers to in the 23rd Psalm when he says to the Lord, The Lord is my shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And you know what, Denise? Through the years, it's been a comfort to me to know that if I'm in trouble, Jesus is going to use one end of his staff to get me out of trouble. And if I'm out of order, he's going to use the other end to get me back in order. His rod and his staff, Mm -hmm. both ends of it, really are a comfort to me.
1: Yes, amen.
0: Isn't that a good picture of pastoral ministry?
1: And for some reason... Like when I see this, Rick, I think of this. I think of of a a sheep going off, trying to go off a cliff,
0: and the shepherd saving them.
1: And the shepherd grabbing his leg with this with this part right here and saying, "No, no, 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 you're my sheep. You're not going off that cliff."
0: Jesus is the good shepherd, and that is what we're going to see tonight. What does the Bible mean when the Bible says Jesus is the good shepherd? And how do you know the voice of your pastor? Right now, I have a family member who is looking for a church. And they are visiting from church to church to church. And really, it's been a struggle for them to know where they're supposed to go to church. Maybe you have felt that. Where am I supposed to go to church? Who is supposed to be my pastor? How do you know the voice of your pastor? shepherd. Well, tonight I'm going to give you some scriptures to help you. It's going to really be helpful. And it's been a help to me. And I'll tell you why as we continue. But I want you to get the free download. It's called Pastoral Ministry. It's free. It is loaded. And I've put so much work into this. I really want you to have it. And it's a gift. Just go to renner.org to download it right now. And tonight is the last night that we're offering you the series that goes with it called pastoral ministry. This would be such a good gift to give to your pastor or to anyone responsible for people or to somebody looking for a pastor. It would just be good for anybody. It'd be good for a parent. That's what Denise said last night, because you're shepherding your kids. You need to know how to raise your kids like a good pastoral parent. Anyway, please order this. And tonight, for the last time, we're offering you my book called Chosen by God. And remember that if you need prayer, we are here for you. Denise, we're serious about it, aren't we?
1: Oh, we're so serious about praying for you. Our team is there waiting to pray for you. They take it so seriously and they want to see God move in your life.
0: In fact, next Tuesday, every Tuesday, Denise and I get a report about prayer requests, answers to prayer. This is a very serious feature of our ministry. And if you call our ministry, you can be sure you'll really be prayed for. Denise and I know what it means to be in a bind or to be pressed up against the wall and ask somebody to pray for us. And what confidence it gives when you know that people are praying with you. It really means a lot to us. And so if you call us or send us an email, you can be sure we're going to really pray for you. So call us 1-800-742-5593 or send us your email at prayer at renner.org. But Maxime, we're glad you're with us I'm as so, well.
1: so thankful to be here. Thank you.
0: Maxime, you've been here every night this week. Great privilege. Hey, guess what we're going to talk about next week. Maxime, I don't know yet if you're going to be here next week or not, but next week, the whole week is called Trick or Treat, the Christian's Proper Response to Halloween. What should we do with Halloween? You know, Denise, you and I grew up, probably you grew up practicing Halloween. I remember as a kid drawing pictures of jant- uh, jack-o-lanters Jack-At-Lanter, and witches and ghosts and goblins, and we had a big picture window in the front of our house. And a week before Halloween would arrive, my mother was giving me construction paper, black and orange and yellow and crayons. And I was drawing witches and ghosts and goblins and pumpkins and pasting them all over the windows. And finally Halloween would come and we'd all dress up like demons and witches and goblins and walk up and down the street, knocking on doors saying trick or treat. What in the world were we thinking? But you know, Denise, we did not have a revelation of the devil back in those days. We just thought it was all a joke. We thought it was all about candy, but you know, today we, you, we would never dress our kids up like demons and say, go have fun. (laughs) That's a horrendous thought, but some people do because they don't have a revelation about it. And sometimes Christians are kind of caught in a cultural war where they don't know what to do with these Halloween celebrations or other celebrations. What should we do? What should be the Christian's response to Halloween? And what really is Halloween? That's going to be next week. It is going to be awesome. But tonight, we're going to see God's choice of a pastor for you. So we're going to turn to John 10. Got your Bibles open? Let's go to John 10. And tonight, we're going to begin in verse 11, where Jesus talks about himself. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. There's a lot of important things in this verse. First of all, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And I have to tell you what the Greek says. The Greek says, ho poimen, ho kalos." You say, well, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, let me help you. It's a definite article used twice. That is not needed unless you're trying to really dramatically emphasize a point. Jesus says, first of all, I am ho poimen. Ho is the definite article. The word poimen is the word for shepherd. It means I'm not just a shepherd. I am the shepherd. He is the supreme shepherd above all shepherds. But then he adds ho kalos, which in Greek means the best, the most illustrious, the most beautiful of all, to really what it means, a definite article used twice. It doesn't just mean the good shepherd. It means the most excellent shepherd, the supreme shepherd, the most beautiful of all shepherds. A little translation is, I am the shepherd, the best one of all, the best, the most beautiful. That's what Jesus says about himself, and he is. Jesus is always there for us. He is an amazing shepherd. And he says, the good shepherd, and guess what, guys? He repeats it in Greek. Ho poiment, ho callous. Jesus says it twice. The shepherd, the best of all, giveth his life for the sheep. The word giveth here is the word tithemi, which means to establish. His life was given. His life was fixed. His life was established with purpose. His life was given for the sheep. And the word life in this verse is not the word bias. The word bias would mean biological life, your physical life. It's the word suke, ay, ay, ay. The word suke is where you get the word psychology, it's also the Greek word for the soul. It carries the idea of one's mind, will, emotions, hence, the entire person. Well, I want to tell you, sometimes it's easier to give yourself physically than it is to give your soul. Because your soul has so many strings attached. Your soul is your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions, it's your heart. When you give your suke for somebody, you've given your all for somebody. And Jesus says, the shepherd, the good shepherd, referring to himself. I'm not just giving my physical life. I'm giving my heart, my soul, my mind, my emotions. I'm giving everything I have for the sheep. Even the word for is important because in Greek it is the word hooper, which means on behalf of. Jesus understood his life as a shepherd, as a pastor, was fixed. It was established. For the sole purpose of those sheep and God's call on Jesus' life was for him to give his heart, his mind, his will, his emotions, everything, suke, for those sheep. And that's what Jesus did. And that is God's call to every pastor. It's a pretty big bill to fill. Pray for your pastor. Pray for me and Denise. Pray for anybody that's accountable for people because we want to be like Jesus. But he goes on and he says in verse John chapter ten. Let's go back to verse three. Listen to this principle: the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Well, this verse says the sheep hear his voice. The word hear, the Greek word akouo, it's where you get the word acoustics, it means to hear, to comprehend, to perceive, to recognize. Recognize would be a very good translation. The sheep recognize his voice. And guess what the Greek says? The Greek says, phones alto, The voice of him. The voice of him. It has a definite article. It is the voice of him. It clearly implies a recognizable voice of their own unique shepherd. Which means sheep have the ability to recognize the voice of their shepherd. Another shepherd may come into the flock and speak to them. They won't even know his voice. But when their shepherd comes, they know the voice of their shepherd. Is that just amazing? You know, Denise and I saw this in Moldova. I've seen this in the steeps of Kazakhstan. A shepherd can walk into a flock and the sheep pay no attention. But when their own specific shepherd walks in their midst and speaks suddenly those sheep just stand to attention they know the voice of their own particular distinct shepherd and jesus says that in this voice the sheep clearly recognize the word of quo they comprehend they perceive the voice of him their own shepherd and the voice says, the verse says he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out the word calleth is the word phaneo, which means to give a signal, to give a sound, a hearable call. The sheep recognize his voice. It's like a signal. And he leads them out by name, by name, in Greek is katonema, which implies relationship. He has a relationship with his sheep. He knows them by name and he leads them out. In Greek, it means to lead out, to lead out of a harmful environment, to lead out into a better pasture which means the shepherd really has good intentions for his sheep. And verse 4 says, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, goeth before them in Greek means in front of, it depicts one that is in front of you, before you, before your face, not behind you, pictures leadership or one who visibly leads others. Your shepherd will be out in front of you. He'll be out in front of you. You'll recognize that he is a leadership position in your life. And this verse says, the sheep do what? Follow. They follow. It says they follow him. Yeah. And the word follow means, <clears throat> listen carefully to this, to go somewhere with a person. It's a Greek word, okoluthio. To go somewhere with a person, to accompany another person on a trip. To tirelessly accompany someone, to constantly be at the side of an individual, to always be in close proximity with a person, to follow like a traveling companion, this is really important, to follow after someone or something in a very determined and purposeful manner, which means sheep don't just know the voice of their shepherd, they want to be with their shepherd. They tirelessly follow their shepherd. They constantly are at the side of their shepherd. If their shepherd's gonna go on a journey, they wanna go with their shepherd. They want to be in close proximity to their shepherd, and they follow their shepherd in a very determined and purposeful manner. I think that is amazing. The Bible says they know his voice. The word know here is the word oida. The word oida means they confidently acknowledge this, this is my shepherd. They know the voice, and his voice, again in Greek, is taste, phones, auto. They know the voice of him. It has a definite article. They know the voice. They know the voice of their own shepherd. And verse 5 says, a stranger, they will not follow the word stranger, the Greek word which describes someone that is foreign, someone that is alien, different, strange, unfamiliar, or unknown. They just will not follow an alien, strange, foreign voice that is unknown to them. They just won't. In fact, this verse says, they will flee from him for they know not the voice of a stranger. Here's what it means. Are you ready for this? Seven signals to recognize the voice of your pastor. And guys, I want you to be involved here with me.
1: Can I say something about Jesus? Mm -hmm. Because... When you don't know what to do, he is there out in front of you, just like that cloud for the Israelites before they went to the they got into the wilderness and they went going before the Red Sea. There was a cloud of glory in front of them in the daytime, and there was a fire for them at night. And he has never failed in his reputation of being the great good shepherd, the best shepherd, as Rick was talking about, the most beautiful shepherd, and to lead and guide us. And if you're in a situation right now and you really don't know what to do, I am speaking to you that you have confidence in this word of God that's to you, that you know, Absolutely the voice of your shepherd and that he's leading you. He's guiding you and you will not follow the voice of a stranger. And I know that's particularly to someone who's who's questioning the direction you need to go. And this is the confidence that we can have that we know. It says we know the voice of our shepherd. So be confident. That you know his voice and he's going to lead you.
0: That's true of Jesus, which is what you're talking about. Yes. But I'm talking about a pastor.
1: Okay, but I had to say it about And
0: I'm glad you did because that's really encouraging. Thank you, Denise. Okay, how do you know your pastor? How do you know the voice of your pastor? Well, let's use me as an example. There are some people who really like my ministry and some people don't get a thing out of it. You know why? some people don't hear my voice. I'm not theirs. I'm not the place where they're supposed to look to for spiritual authority. There are some people who hang on to every word that I say. You know, Denise, I read all the comments on social media. I read all the comments on Facebook. I read it all. YouTube, I read it all. And I just get a kick out of it because sometimes people say, I don't understand a thing this man is saying. The next comment will be, I have learned so much from you, Pastor Rick, you're such a voice in my life, thank you so much, I've gotten so much out of your ministry," I mean, you think, how can that be different from one person to the next, one comment right after the next? Well, one is connected to me, one is not. It's like sometimes I will go hear a pastor and I will think, I don't know why anybody attends this church, I do not get a thing out of this guy. He doesn't have a voice in my life. The person sitting next to me says, I've never heard anything better in my life. They have a divine connection. God's given them a connection. But when you have a connection with somebody who has spiritual authority in your life, you will know it. You'll recognize his voice. His voice will mean something to you. Now, I'm thinking about my relative right now that is looking for a church. Well, they need to go to where they hear the voice of the shepherd. And this leads us to the seven, second, seven signals to recognize the voice of your pastor. Number one. number one, you will have a spiritual connection to him. If you have no connection to that person, then it's not your pastor. If it's your pastor... Jesus teaches us in John chapter 10, you will have a spiritual connection with him. It will just be there. You won't have to make it happen. It will just be there. Number two, you will have a desire to hear more from him. You'll want to hear his voice. You'll have such a connection with that pastor. You'll want to hear more from that pastor. Number three, you'll have a sense of security by being under his ministry. You'll know you're under a good shepherd. You'll feel a sense of security. In fact, it's very important that in Ezekiel chapter 34, where Jesus talks about shepherds, good shepherds, bad shepherds, he talks about the sheep lying down. You know Human sheep lie down? They lie down when they're protected. They're not fearful of someone taking advantage of them. They're in such a place of security, they lie down a good pasture. When you're under your pastor you'll feel a sense of security, almost a sense of relaxation. I don't mean laziness, but a sense that you can let down, that everything's going to be okay. Nobody's going to take advantage of you. So number one, you'll have a spiritual connection to your pastor. Number two, you'll have a desire to hear more and more and more and more and more from him. Number three, you'll have a sense of security by being under his ministry. Number four, you will have a supernatural desire to honor him. You want to honor him. It will just be in you. It's a part of that divine connection. You'll want to show honor to that person because you will know inwardly, this is this is your shepherd. I have a connection with this person. Number five, you will have an inward drawing to follow his leadership. Jesus said the sheep follow. They follow. It's supernatural. Something, and you will say, I wanna be where this person is. I wanna be involved in what this person is doing. It is a divine connection. It's a signal to let you know this is your shepherd. Number six, you'll have a desire to serve alongside of him. You'll wanna serve with that individual. You wanna be involved in that individual. And number seven, you will have a willingness to be corrected by him if needed. That is really a signal that you're listening to your pastor. When your pastor speaks a word of correction, whether from the pulpit or individually, and you say, well, that was really good. I needed that. You know you're really dealing with your pastor because your heart is wide open to receive it. Let's go over these again. Number one, you have a spiritual connection to him. Number two, you'll have a desire to hear more from him. Number three, you'll have a sense of security by being under his ministry. Number four, you'll have a supernatural desire to honor him. Number five, you'll have a drawing to follow his leadership. Really, I mean, it would be like a hook in your heart. Supernatural, God gives that to you. Number six, you have a desire to serve alongside of him. You want to be involved with him what he's doing, serve alongside of him. And number seven, a willingness to be corrected by him if needed. If you have those seven signals, then you're hearing the voice of your pastor. And I want to go back to the example of me and Denise. We've been in pastoral ministry for literally decades. You know, sometimes you're somebody's cup of tea and sometimes you're not. That's absolutely all right some people are supposed to be in our church some people are not they hear the voice of somebody else that's where they need to be because they hear somebody else's voice that's where god has assigned them there are people who hear our voice they just think we hung the moon sometimes it amazes me that anybody would think we hung the moon but god has created a connection between us and them and it truly is the grace of god denise it's it's just miraculous where god creates this divine connection. But not everybody's supposed to be in our flock. Some people are supposed to be in somebody else's flock. There is no competition in the house of God. Amen?
1: Amen. I, you know, Rick, as you're speaking, I hope I can <clears could throat> say this correctly. When you hear a, a man, a shepherd, or a woman, p- pastor, you're really, you hear their voice, but it's not their voice that's the most important, it's the voice behind their voice. It's the voice of the sh- real shepherd able to speak through that shepherd to you. That's what's, that's what's connected you to them. Like Rick just said, it is a supernatural connection.
0: It is, it's, it's divine. And it's that signal that you'll know the voice of your shepherd. So if you're looking for a church, if you're looking for a pastor, you need to consider those seven signals. Those seven, if you have all seven of those signals, you're listening to the voice of your shepherd, of your pastor. That will help you. Now, I have to say something. Denise has said in several programs, his voice or her voice, which for a lot of people is going to raise a question, can a woman be a pastor? Well, we don't have time to answer that in the program tonight, but if you will go to our ministry website, there is a marvelous teaching that I've done about women in the ministry. It will answer a world of questions for you about can women be in the ministry and what kind of ministry can they be in, and I want to encourage you to go get it because it is really marvelous and it will just unlock treasures for you from the New Testament. But, hey, we've wrapped it up, guys. We have had five nights of talking about pastoral ministry. And I really want you to get the free download. It's free. Please, we prepared it for you. Call Pastoral Ministry. Just go to the website, renner.org. and get it right now or get the whole series, which would be a great gift for somebody else. Great gift for you. Call Pastoral Ministry. But, Father, we thank you so much for every pastor. Amen. Lord, we pray that people will know the voice of their shepherd and they'll be faithful to their church, faithful to their pastor. Amen. Help them to get in and find their place and to really thrive in the house of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Remember that on Monday, we're going to start talking about trick-or-treat. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until then, if you need prayer, please write us prayer at renner.org or call us 1-800-742-5593. Sleep well and have a awesome weekend.
1: And tell your pastor this Sunday, tell him thank you.
0: And we'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.